Hello and welcome on in to the PHFL NFL podcast, our week 10 review and this week I'm joined as always by Kai and by Mikey, hello gentlemen. Hello, good to see you, how are you Mikey? Very well, how are you? I'm not too bad, we're getting there aren't we? We're making our way through this NFL season that's not been too affected, fingers crossed, so far by the current pandemic. Just a couple of movements. We're getting there. A lot of people at the start of the season thought we might not have got to this stage, but we have, and games are still playing, and we're getting there. And more importantly, I won in fantasy football this week. So, Mikey, unfortunately, who beat me. Yeah, that was a close game. Mikey's still in denial that the stat connections might end up making him lose, but... Separated by point six four, of a and point. I just know. So when I the first my first season in the league, I played Adam uh, when I was out in Australia, and I remember I checked the score, and I think you had won at that point. Yeah, and there was a stack connection. The next day, I think it came through, or maybe a day or two later, uh, something to do with Juju, I believe, for me, and I ended up beating you on a stack connection, which had never before happened. It hasn't happened since, but since that's happened. I think I'm obviously going to be on the receiving end of it at some point. So, Kai, the jury's still out. Until the stat corrections are finalised on Saturday, um, I fail to believe that I've won this game. So, yeah, that day, that day, uh, Mikey, I I did start making my way towards the Erskine Bridge, considering, uh, you know, (laughs) it all. But, uh, (laughs) obviously, I didn't, because we're still here recording the podcast. So, uh, don't, don't worry, Kai, if it if it does happen, never know. Mikey might do that, and then we might win the league. Because since he's won it the last two years, you know, we might need to do something drastic like that to get him out of the way, so that someone else can win it. Is that the only way to? Start, I'm I'm going to start like a fan group called Anyone But Mikey, and it's just going to be everyone in both fantasy leagues petitioning against uh, Mikey uh, when does, to win Mikey, the league again. Does Mikey not know that we have a group chat with everyone except him in it? It's called ABM. <laughs> Mikey. I don't care, three peats. <laughs> well, we've talked about fantasy now. Let's talk about actual football that happened this past week. And the first Some game... result for Scotland, eh? Oh, I, well, I, right, okay, on the other side of football, as three Scottish people, yes, we appreciate that... Uh, Come on. ...and that the, our soccer over here, we qualify for the Euros. But that's for a different podcast, for a different day, Kai. Let's talk about Thursday night football from the NFL, which is an AFC South matchup, Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans... And the the Colts scored double the points of the Titans, 34 points to 17. Uh, little spoiler for what's coming up next. Adam, who likes the Colts, picked the Colts in this game. And guess what? He was right. It's going to come gonna come good at some point. Well, let me just ask this. Pick them every week. <laughs> while you're wearing a Packers jersey, Packers play the Colts this weekend. Who are you, who are you backing? Uh, Packers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, 34 points to 17. Um, it was a, a good game, as I say, um, in the second half for the Colts. It started off not brilliant for them, being uh, 17, uh, 17 points to 10 down at one point, uh, looking at the stat sheet here. But uh, the, the running game of Jonathan Taylor, who I normally compliment every week and say, why is he not getting the ball more? Well, he averaged 1.7 yards an attempt. Maybe that's the reason he's not getting the ball more. Uh, and Naeem Hines seemed to be the, the the player taking over the backfield for the Colts and also the receiving game, really. Uh, he had 70 yards on the ground, five receptions for 45 in the air, a touchdown on the ground and in the air. Um, Kai, in fantasy, you've just picked him up in Dynasty. 
do we think Hines is the running back to have uh, from this backfield going forward, or is uh, is it going to be a committee? Um, the main reason I've picked him up in Dynasty is because my team is appalling, um, to I, say the I least. I can agree with that. I, I managed to win that league last season and then somehow have had the worst season ever. Um, so I'm very much week to week in players, but he's he's a very boom or bust player, I find. Um, and I think that when he does boom, he goes very, very big. So I'm just hoping that at some point he does that. But it looks like he's he's a, he seems to be the pass catching back. Um, out of all of them, so you know, even Wilkins and and Jonathan Taylor will do the dirty work on the ground, and then Naeem Hines will punch it in for a touchdown. Um, and he's also very capable of of catching the ball. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he, I think there's still a chance it it could be very valuable. Um, hence the fact, shout out to Finn who I finally managed to beat to a waiver claim this week. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think he has some value. He certainly has more value than who I've got sitting on my bench. So, yeah, looking in the receiving game for the Colts, uh, Pittman kind of uh, emerged after his injury as a kind of lead receiver. He had uh, seven receptions for 101 yards. Uh, the rookie receiver looks like he could be a a good pick going forward. Obviously, with uh, T.Y. Hilton getting slightly older, uh, but on the the Tennessee side of the ball. Um, I know that Mikey has Derek Henry in fantasy, so uh, I'll let him talk about that rushing game in a minute. But uh, the receiving game this week, it wasn't an A.J. Brown game. He said it was a Corey Davis game. I think that might happen. You don't really know who's going to be the one that gets the, the good game this week. I say it was Davis instead of A.J. Brown. But on the ground, um, Mikey, it was Jonu Smith with a touchdown. I'm sure we all predicted that. Again, another uh, <laughs> nice, efficient game for Jonu Smith. One reception, <laughs> one yard, one touchdown. Aye. It was uh, it was it was good, yeah. Um, Derek Henry still rushed. This shows you how good Derek Henry is. That we said he didn't have a very good game when he rushed for a hundred yards. I think we've talked about this with a few players before. But uh, but yeah, they they're kind of splitting the carries, making the backfield there. More so now than at the start of the season. Um, still had ninety. To be honest, for me, Derek Henry getting nineteen rush attempts is not a lot for Derek Henry standards. I think he usually tends to get between 22 to 25 touches a game. Um, obviously, with being trailing in the in the fourth quarter, probably didn't go to him as much, whereas when they're winning games, you'll probably see him having more than 25 uh, touches. But 103 yards, I was going to say that I think he's the best running back in the league, so it would be the third week in a row there'd be a different running back so that Kai would have a go at me. <laughs> um, but that, that place is still reserved for Alvin Kamara at the moment. But yeah, 103 yards, a fantastic game, but quiet in terms of Derek Henry performance. He's not the best pass catching running back in the league. I think that's something he definitely has to improve on. Um, but going back to Corey Davis as well, I don't know if you've heard that his brother passed away either the day of or the day before the was, game. I think it was the day before. And he ended yeah. up playing, yeah, um, and then five receptions receptions for 67 yards, which is just incredible um, that he managed to, to pull through that game. So um, the first drive of the game, I think Titans went up the field in maybe three or four plays and just punched it in, and it just shows how good they can be at certain points. But they just seemed to lose momentum a little bit as the game went on, and the Colts grew into it more. So Colts definitely uh, well worth a win in this one. First, like you're saying, like obviously it was the first drive they managed to punch in. I think in the first two plays of the game, AJ Brown got his only reception for 21 yards, 
and Corey Davis got a 15-yard reception, I think, as well. And at that point, I was thinking, right, this is going to be quite a, a big game for the Titans. I think they might end up steamrolling the Colts. Um, and then, like you say, like got in that half-time leading, and they just fell totally flat in the second half. Um, and I think the experience of Philip Rivers, and he managed to push the team through to win it, I think that kind of shone through a bit. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's not experienced, and he's not a good quarterback, because obviously we've lauded him quite a lot. But... Um, you can tell that there's a, a, a severe lack of big game experience, I find, at times for Tannehill. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair enough point. Certainly, he didn't really have much when he was in Miami, and now he's, as I was getting used to, a, a kind of playoff caliber team here at the Titans. Um, moving on to the next game, where there's two teams that, if they were in any other division, they probably weren't playoff caliber teams. Uh, it's the, the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Kai's laughing because I slagged off his Eagles again. Um, the Giants won 27 points to 17. Kai, quickly, tell us why this happened. It was not horrific. And we seem dead set on sticking with rubbish players. And Sorry, that's, that that's, that's, a, that's Kai's and analysis that's of the Eagles game. That's my Eagles I'll talk about the game in general and then I'll, I'll talk about the Eagles. I actually thought uh, and I said it during the week, I was confident going into this game because obviously we're coming out of bye. Um, but I was also, I think I said a couple of times, that in the back of my head I was kind of wary of the Giants' momentum. Um, obviously coming off quite a big win last week, I thought they looked good and they've looked much improved over the past few weeks. Um, two wins in the bounce now, they might kind of kick on from that. Um which is a worry, obviously, for the Eagles. But Wayne Goldman looks as if he's going to be the back for the rest of the season. Uh, I think Devonta Freeman's kind of out. Um, but with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton and Goldman all playing well, and Daniel Jones has obviously got a threat in the ground, um, I, I think I think the Giants have kind of turned a corner a wee bit this season. They didn't go off to a great start. Um but the the bizarre thing I found that there was no there was no passing touchdowns. Um, all the touchdowns for the game came on the ground. I'm, just, I'm just looking at um, that. Yeah, that is quite strange. That. But but neither neither quarterback threw an interception either, which is probably more surprising for Carson Wentz than it is for Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Jones was 21, 21 of twenty eight for two hundred and forty four yards, and Carson Wentz was twenty one of thirty seven for two hundred and eight yards. So, um, I. A much better Giants performance than than what we've seen at times this season. Um, I don't know if either of you two want to talk about the game, and then I'll get my random Eagles boring bit out of the way. Well, I was just as the that, that wasn't your Eagles. Bit. Uh, that uh, that should have been the Eagles, but and nonetheless, uh, no. I'll, I'll quickly talk to you, Kai, about the rushing game because Miles Sanders obviously came back, yeah. had most of the carries, and um, didn't get any of the touchdowns. Annoyingly, as a fantasy owner of Miles Sanders. Um, but that rushing game certainly looks improved, and I can assume that's only going to help Carson Wentz and perhaps improve that offense. Yeah, I, th- I think is I think it helps the other two backs as well. See when you've got someone like Miles Sanders, who's probably taking most of the heat from a fan's perspective, and also from the perspective of the opposing team, kind of looking for their lead back. I think when you've got Boston Scott and, and Corey Clement, who obviously got the touchdowns, um, it kind of takes a wee bit of the pressure off them, and and they can kind of go back to their their bit part roles that they've been playing. Um, Carson Wentz looked as if he was trying to throw a lot more than than the stats suggest, but nobody was really standing out 
as a receiver. Um, obviously, Jalen Rieger's back, but he's still going to take quite a bit of time to, to settle in. Um, but you would expect more from him. You expect more from the likes of Ful- Fulgham and um, and Greg Ward and stuff. So I don't think it was a great Eagles performance. Summed up by the fact that we were 0 for 9 on third downs, which is absolutely pathetic. I did not know that was the start for that. Did not convert a third down the whole game. Aye, that is that is. So bad. so when you when you have your lead running back back in the game, and you can't convert a third down, like it's it's worrying. Um, two things, and then we can move on. One, O line troubles are continuing to plague us. Um, we've now allowed three or more sacks in a game for the eighth time this season, which is the most in the in the NFL, which is bad. Yeah. Over three sacks in a game for the eighth time. We've only played nine games. Like, it's worrying. Um, And I now have a real concern that we finish with a record of 5-10-1. Does that win you the division? Or do you think the Giants will get No, I think the Giants win the division. I think there's even a chance that Washington finish with a better record than that. I think the only two games we win are against Cowboys in Washington which come in the last two weeks of the season, I don't think we'll win until then. What's your opinion, Mikey? Um, I would be happy to be proved wrong. Do you think, Mikey, but... that uh, the, the Giants are going to win this division now? I really don't know. <laughs> I just... <it's, laughs> that is the right see answer. When you talk about, see when you talk about like the Seahawks division with the Cardinals, the Rams, and even the 49ers, you're like, oh, who's going to win this division? It's so interesting. This is the exact same scenario, but just on the opposite scale. You're just like, Who's going to win this division? Like, someone please, for the sake of football, win this division. But this this division, more than any other, will come down to the divisional games. Um, yeah. I know there's been a few already, but as Kai said, Eagles still have to play Cowboys and Washington again in the last two games of the season for years. Week 16 and 17. So, huge. That'll be huge. Um, I know week 17 is always divisional games, but that, that'll be very interesting to see where the, obviously Kai says they might not win until then. Regardless of if they do or not, they're going to go into those two games, hopefully still in contention to win. Because if the Eagles play Washington in the last game of the season, that means that the Giants will be playing the Cowboys last game of the season. And that's the um, Giants' only divisional game between now and the end of the season, is that last one. So, who knows? It's it, This all depends on if the Giants can kick on from back-to-back wins. That's that, I think this is what this whole division hinges on. Well, well, can I I'll, can I'll, I just say that the Giants? Sorry, on you go. Yeah, the Giants' schedule uh, is the Bengals. Right, you go with the Giants' schedule, yeah. and I'll give you the Eagles' schedule, the, the and Giants, we'll see who we've got. The Giants have the Bengals, and then they have the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, that's significant. I mean, I mean, the Eagles play the Browns this week, but then after that, they play. The Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals, and then play the Cowboys in Washington. I don't think we get a win until maybe the Cowboys. And um, if we come off a five-game slide against those teams going into a divisional game, obviously you're you're pumped up to try and win it, but you have no momentum, you have no faith in the team. Like, I, it's a worry to say the least. Yeah, there's no doubt that NFC East had a tough schedule this year with the AFC North and the NFC West. It was yeah. always going to be uh, tough. But yes, I think the Eagles will just get this division. But 
We'll see. I hope you're right. We'll see. <laughs> Mikey, we had Kai talk about his team there. You can talk about ours now. Jacksonville went to Green Bay, gave them a bit of a fright. Green Bay only won by four points, 24 points to 20. What did you think about that game? Yeah, I'm just going to get the Packers just quickly out of the way because I, weirdly I want to talk more about the Jags in this game. Um, first of all, there was uncharacteristic mistakes from the Packers. We had a Devontae Adams fumble and then the Rodgers interception. I also just feel that, I don't know, Adam, you'll probably agree from watching a lot of Green Bay games, is Lambeau Field isn't Lambeau Field just now without no, the fans. No, it's, it's, it's a massive, It's a massive difference. I feel that we didn't have the home field advantage that we usually do. Um, we got the win, though. That, that's all that matters. You, you have to win ugly at this point in the stage, in, at this stage in the season. Um, Devontae Adams again. He's putting up similar numbers to like the likes of Randy Moss and Marv Harrison back in their primes. Um, still think that another wide receiver is the best in the league, but I would probably put Devontae Adams second. But we'll get to that later on in the podcast. I'm assuming um, this wide receiver you're talking about is Marquez uh, Valdez Scantlin with. 149 yards. No, sorry. No? Alan Lazard. Sorry. Oh, sorry, yes, Alan yes, sorry, sorry. Um, nah, so, to go on to the Jags side of the ball more, I think, I know it's weird when you say that, what, are they 1-8 and eight or something like that? Um, they are showing very small signs of progress, and you will probably say it's because Minshew is not a centre anymore, but yep. under centre, but... Um, <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> I think that the this defensive unit for the Jags is looking as good as it did in weeks one and two. Um Week one against the Colts, obviously, as well. They had two forced fumbles this week, an interception, uh, 80 rush yards allowed in total. Special teams did well, obviously, with the Keelan Cole touchdown. There seems to be signs of life. I'm not going to say that they're going to light up or win games the rest of the season, but this is when you're in the position that the Jags are, this is what you want to see as a fan, as a coach. Um, James Robinson, over 100 yards rushing again. Um, I've got this note here that politics aside, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's the rookie of the year, offensive or defensive. How you can bring someone in that's an undrafted player and he's now became a lead back. I think he's top five in rushing yards at the moment. If it wasn't such a quarterback-driven league or something like that, he is 100% the rookie of the year. I, I don't see how you can, if you think about where he's came from to where he is now, that has to put him at least, at least in the conversation, if not as number one. Um, but yeah, as I said, Packers won ugly, but I'm really not confident about the Colts-Packers game this Sunday. Um, they seem to be bringing the momentum, as you said, and we've kind of stumbled the last two weeks. Um, but overall, not the best game to watch, but just happy that the Packers got the one. In terms of the stumbling, how much do you think that has to do with the kind of COVID protocols we've been in last week before the 49ers game and that kind of edged into this week, the preparations and stuff like that? I'm sure that's going yeah, to affect not, not just the Packers, obviously, but all the teams that have to go through these, like they end up not being able to train in facility and they're doing it virtually. I think it does have a, a more of an effect than we might actually think. I think we've seen it. I can't remember who the Lions played last week, but apparently Matt Stafford didn't see his team all week until the day he got to the stadium for that game. Obviously, that's massive. You can't be in training with your offensive line and your wide receivers, etc., you're only speaking to them via FaceTime or Zoom calls. It, it's going to be hard. And I think the, the Packers have been doing that a lot at the moment, but it seems like we've came out the back end of it. Um, I don't think there's many more cases within the team. I know that Wisconsin's actually quite bad at the moment, but um, hopefully we'll have a fully healthy unit for the Colts game because I think we're definitely going to need it. Yes, I totally agree. That that Colts defence is a really good defence, so we're going to have to be on our game. 
there's there's one more thing that I, I read last night that I just found hilarious. So apparently the Jags and the Packers, even though they played this week, have united with the Lions and the Bears. And the reason for that is Yannick Ngakwe uh, was obviously traded to the Vikings. Um, and the Jags, Packers, Lions and Bears fans are all voting Ngakwe for the Pro Bowl because if he makes the Pro Bowl, the Vikings have to concede a fourth round pick as opposed to a fifth round pick. Um, <laughs> and if uh, no, who did Ngakwe go to? Was it the Ravens? Did I say sorry? Or, or the Vikings? No, it was from the Vikings. He yes. left the Vikings. Oh, sorry. Um, and uh, so yeah, if they if he makes the Pro Bowl, they'll have to concede a fourth round pick, and that's why all the Packers, Lions, Bears fans, and the Jaguars fans are doing that so that the Jags get a better pick, and obviously the Vikings get a, uh, have to concede a worse pick. Oh, that goes to show there's solidarity across teams there, even if it's for slightly love to see it. questionable It's just the reasons. biggest... There's one word that I say, but I can't really say it. Um, I don't know the word for it. It's just complete something housery. Yes, I, I agree with that phrase, yes. But we won't need to bleep yes. it this week, will we, Kai? No, we've already said one too many swear words for this podcast, Kai. Kai. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next game. It's the first game that I had, and it was... Uh, the, the Washington football team. See how I said that right? Yeah, normally I end up slipping up there. But Washington football team were at the Detroit Lions. Detroit won 30 points to 27 with a Matt Prater field goal as time expired. Um, I thought I thought this was going to be another game where the Lions throw away a huge lead. We talked about that before, that they'd, they'd done it a lot. But, um, but yeah, uh, they were... The, the the end of the well, just before the end of the third quarter, I should say they were they were up twenty four points to three, and uh, the the Washington football team had a comeback. Yeah, Washington football team had a comeback thanks to uh, Alex Smith driving the team downfield, and then uh, the running backs of McKissick firstly, and then Gibson for the next two, just popping in some touchdowns from the goal line. Really, um, as an Antonio Gibson fantasy one, that I was happy to see a couple of touchdowns that helped me win my uh, my matchup, but. We we talked about this before. I'm not going to touch hugely on the Detroit Lions side, apart aside for the fact that DeAndre Swift appears to be the lead back now and is probably going to be very good yeah. for them. Uh, he had 16 attempts compared to the other running backs, five attempts between them. Um, but on the, the Washington side, I think we said right at the start of the season, if Alex Smith plays a snap of football this year, he's the comeback player of the year. Yep. And now he's not only played a snap, but now he's actually played this full game. At the end of last game, he had a few dodgy throws that ended up in interceptions, but this game I thought he didn't throw a touchdown, but he drove the team up the field on potential game-tying drives, you know, several times there, you know, to to bring that game back. He had 55 attempts, 38 completions, 390 yards. Now, I know that... I mean, like, the the, the 55 attempts alone just show that the guy is, like... It would be really easy in the position he's in when he's coming off such a big injury to just dump the ball off to running backs. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, those 55 throws... <laughs> he did, what, because probably... f- 15 targets went to McKissick. <laughs> Aye. Um, but, I mean, even like 40 attempts for the rest of it, like, it shows the guys he's no scared to get involved again and uh, and put himself on the line. Yeah, um, he, he was... I think really I'd, 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 during commentary... Um, of the game, they were saying that he's obviously wearing a, a specialised brace on his leg because I think he had dropped foot after the injury, so he he, he couldn't quite um, extend his leg properly. 
Um, so this specialised brace he's got, he says he's tweaked it every week because he's obviously learning how yeah. it works and all that kind of stuff. I listen to that as well. Um, but it, it would appear that this week it's uh, he's he's starting to get into the groove again. Yeah. Um, we I were, think the guy it's just so impressive. We were what talking the guys about to do. we're talking about the other NFC East teams, and I think there's a chance here that this team ends up winning the division as well because I think with Smith coming back now, he's getting paid twenty million dollars. In case you didn't know that, he still has that wow. big contract when he got signed. Okay, so he's getting paid twenty million this year, and I'm sure next year he gets twenty million as well. So uh, there's a reason he's getting paid that because when he did go to this team, he was a really good QB in terms of. Mm-hmm. See, see if we were doing... Troubling quarterback. Exactly. You know, uh, he he's capable of taking this team to the playoffs um, because there are weapons on this team. Antonio Gibson and uh, uh, J.D. McKissick is a backfield. I think it's a very solid backfield. You've got receivers in McLaurin, and I know that the other ones are maybe not quite up there yet, but you've got that lead receiver in McLaurin He's liking the tight end Logan Thomas here, you know, four receptions for 66 yards. Is this turning into, like, a, how it was for him at Kansas City? With, you know, a decent backfield, one main receiver, tight end he likes? I think when, when he got injured, I think I think they were 6-3 and three or 6-2 and two or something like that in their division. They were, they were leading their division. He was putting up another Pro Bowl uh, caliber season. So, 100%. I think, as we spoke about uh, after the Rams game, I think he needed that Rams game. He needed that bruising, hard-hitting defensive side to to make contact with him. And I think now you see he's slowly grown into the games a bit more. He's got more confidence. He's not afraid to get hit now. Um, I think that was really important because we we spoke at, at length um, who's going to be the main quarterback in Washington next season. If Alex Smith has a good end to the season, um, regardless of if he gets him first in the division, if he leads him to a good season, he could be the starting quarterback next season. I fully 100%. I would say even though he's been cleared to compete, he's still only playing at probably 85-90% of his capacity because of the injury. It's hard not to. But 100% Alex Smith could 100%. I didn't mean that. That was percent <laughs> <laughs> 100%, 100% Alex Smith could 100% lead this team to the playoffs. Either this 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100% of the time, some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, would, I would agree because I don't think... K- Kyle Allen was is very much brought in as like a backup. He's not a... As we as you saw in our quarterback special. Which was released earlier year. in the week. Yeah, exactly. I meant to say Released earlier in the week. Go and watch it. Um, we, none of us really rated them that highly. None of us rated Dwayne Haskins that highly either. Like They were in a bit of a, a situation with quarterbacks where... I don't think anyone would have expected Alex Smith to come in and be the starting quarterback for a, a number of weeks, but um, I think it's the way forward for him. If he can, if he can stay fat and he can keep improving uh, on his fitness levels and and obviously not pick up any injuries, I think there's more more benefit to having him going forward and then potentially trade Dwayne Haskins or try and get rid of him because for Dwayne Haskins' sake as well, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but. He needs the only way he's going to improve is if he plays and sitting on the bench for Washington is not well, the way his career wants to go. Well, the reason that he was drafted so highly is because he did do well in college, so he clearly has talent. Uh, yeah, exactly. To slightly disagree with your point, see in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench for a year behind Alex Smith, and now we know where he is. I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins yeah. could do that, but see if Dwayne Haskins actually sat 
and learnt from an experienced quarterback. Similar to what I think Jameis Winston's doing this season with Drew Brees. What Teddy Bridgewater did last season with Drew Brees, you know, like yeah. you've just, just a year I mean, just I, to yeah. sit and learn. I, 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 I get where you're coming from, but I think it, look, it almost looks as if Dwayne Haskins is sitting there as third choice. It yeah. looks as if they would put Kyle Allen in before they would put Dwayne Haskins in. Yeah. If that's going to be the case and that's the way Washington are going to run it, there is no benefit to Dwayne Haskins sitting there as a third-string quarterback. No, I totally agree with you there. Um, I think I think Haskins needs to be patient, whether it's on Washington or not. He needs to be patient the way that Bridgewater was patient at the Saints. And obviously you don't wish an injury upon anyone, but Drew Brees went down last season in... Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 and and got this contract to the Carolina Panthers and now looks like a very, very good playoff calibre quarterback once they have CMC fit uh, and everything like that. So I think that's maybe what Dwayne Haskins needs to do. He needs to realise that his position in the league, he's not a first starting quarterback at a team, but that doesn't mean he, he won't be in the future. You just need to find the right opportunity and bide your time. And when that opportunity comes, he needs to be able to grasp it. Yep, yep. Totally agree with you. So this game at Detroit was played in a dome, and a game that maybe would have benefited from being played in a dome was the, the This next game, game would have been benefited from playing in a dark room <laughs> where nobody could watch it. Yeah, Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns, uh, 10 points to 7, Cleveland won that by. Uh, there was about 50 mile an hour gusts. Uh, Kai, you've got about two sentences to tell us what happened in this game because the answer seems to be not a lot. The fact that of my three bullet points, two of them relate to the weather... <laughs> Tells you, I think you know. I think was it, that, three, was it not three nil at half time? Yeah, I think at one point you said this is on course for being one of the lowest scoring games ever. Um, yeah. A touchdown for the Browns saved that. Uh, for anyone that's not watched it or not watched the highlights, don't bother. It's horrific. Um, I said before the game, I thought that Nick Chubb was probably going to have quite a big day based on the fact that it was windy, so they'd probably be running the ball quite a bit. But not only did he have a pretty good day. Him being back also meant that Kareem Hunt had a pretty good day as well. Um, Nick Chubb went for 126 yards and a touchdown, and Kareem Hunt went for 104 yards. Um, you were expecting it to be run heavy based on the weather. Um, less than 300 combined passing yards for both teams. Again, weather. Um, it was pretty horrific. And the only other thing I've got to say is if you are currently a Jarvis Landry fantasy owner, shout out to Mikey, who I think still has him on his bench. Um He's gone nine games without a receiving touchdown, which is the longest drought of his career so far. Now, you could understand that being the case if OBJ was in the the team and playing weekly, but Landry is the lead receiver. To go nine games without a receiving touchdown is slightly worrying. Yeah, I think I've only played him once this season in in uh, fantasy. I think <laughs> that was because of massive injuries and Michael Thomas being Michael Thomas uh, this season. Yeah. So. I think, yeah, if, listen, if anybody uh, in our league is listening and wants Jarvis Landry, uh, I would not be asking much in return for Jarvis Landry. Well, I, think I don't said, think he's got any value. No, I don't think he does. I think I said this, obviously, when uh, Stefanski moved over to the Browns, that he will bring that running game as he did at the Vikings, and he certainly has here. Uh, 19 rushing attempts each, as Kai was saying, for Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Um and yet again, I had this narrative at the start of the season uh, when we started doing the podcast. When Maker uh, Maker Bayfield, that was nearly his name. I'm having some speech problems again. When when Mayfield passes the ball less than I think it was twenty six times, uh, the Browns win the game. And the only attempt I know it was windy, 
but he only tried to pass 20 times and they won the game. So They won. Exactly. And right, I have we, the question. <laughs> on you go, Mikey. Uh, no, I, just, I was going to say, I think the big question from this game is, obviously because of the weather, both teams were going to be running the ball a lot. But as Kai said, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had 100-yard rushing games, both on 19 attempts. 100-plus um, yard rushing game, sorry. Can you see that as a fantasy owner continuing as the season progresses, or do you think that was solely because of the weather? That's the way they want to play. Yeah, I think you've seen that in weeks before as well. See, before Chubb went off injured, Kareem Hunt had some of his best games, and I think they complement each other really well. Um, and I think we've said it before on the podcast is that it's very much like a, a one-two punch between the two of them. Um Trouble rush for God knows how many yards it gets near the goal line. They switch it up and and, and uh, Hunt will run the ball in. Like it is a good backfield, um, and I think I think the weather had a big part to play this week. To be fair, like I I don't think they would have probably had that many rushing attempts. But see when you, when OBJ is out as well, when Jarvis Landry isn't really fulfilling the potential that you know Jarvis Landry has, I think then the Browns maybe look to run the ball more. Yeah. Okay, so the, the question then is, their schedule is Eagles, Jaguars... I guess when they have all season. Ravens, Giants, Jets and Steelers. Bear in mind that probably the Giants, Jets and Steelers will probably be around about the fantasy playoffs. If you're a Nick Chubb owner, is he a set and forget for those games? Yes. Yeah, I would say so. As a Kareem Hunt owner, is he a set and forget for those games? Yes. In a flex spot, yes. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely not going to be your RB one or two, but I'd definitely no. put him. I'd play him. I, I'd yeah, rather. I, he has, ma- he has massive upside. Massive upside. I think it's the um, the best the best two. It's the best running back duo in the league. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I don't think there's any dispute in that. Yeah. Apart from maybe Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, quick quick shout out as well to the Scottish Hammer with his four punts for 174 yards. Yep. If- if he wants Feel to come, free to come on the show if ex- you ever want to. Exactly. I will get him on this if podcast. If he wants to come on the podcast, that'd be great. Uh, Things are in motion. Fa- so, <laughs> so if he's our favourite punter and then Blankenship's our favourite kicker, is that right? Yeah, Blankenship's well, our favourite kicker. Don't I say otherwise, mean, Michael. I, I, I'm the guy. I, I've, I've got to say Graham Gano. He's Scottish as well. I, I suppose, to. yeah. Aye. Graham Gano for novelty. Aye, but Blankenship for glasses. Is that the way we go? Oh yes, yeah. we're, I mean we're all specky at some point on this podcast so oh, yeah, like, we we've got to respect the glasses Indeed um, Let's move on to the next game, Kai, you're looking at this as well It was. Do you think this this game maybe took the points from the Cleveland game? From the was, other game Yeah, it was 46 points to 23 that Tampa Bay beat the Carolina Panthers um, Tom Brady back with a vengeance after the, uh, yeah. the game last week Massively, massively Um I mean, I, you both know, and I'm pretty sure anyone that listens knows that I love a, I love a stat. I'm a stat man. Um, so um, I'll start with a stat that Tom Brady is now seven and two in games after throwing three or more interceptions. In that time, he's thrown sixteen passing touchdowns and one interception in nine games. Sorry, eight games. Yeah. He so the eight games post three interception games, he's only thrown one. Um, so he seems to learn from his mistake. He doesn't have two bad many games. Years, yeah. But then he goes and does it again at some point during the scene. Um, I, I think that this was a far more exciting game than than, uh, than the previous one. It did it did stay pretty tight, I think. Um, for most of the game, it looked like the Panthers were keeping themselves 
um, with pace, keeping themselves up to pace with the Panthers. Uh, and seventeen all at half time. Seventeen all at half time, and then <laughs> Ronald Jones goes and does an absolute madness out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I missed it. I was downstairs. Oh, you missed getting it. Myself a, <laughs> getting a drink, and Mikey just messages the group chat. Bear in mind, I had I had Ronald Jones in my lineup. Message saying, "Oh my God, He'd fumbled. So every week before now, when he's fumbled, you've seen a massive downturn in his production, and he doesn't really get played. He fumbled, and I thought, right, here we go. This is a sign of things to come for this game. Uh, and then he goes and pops off a ninety-yard rushing touchdown. Um, which then, but like. You say that as if that was it, and it didn't do anything else. He still finished the game with 192 rushing yards. Now, I know that helps massively, but like he would still have had almost a 100-yard game without that, um, which I didn't expect. Um, but on the passing side, Tom Brady looked as if he was sharing it around absolutely everyone. Yep. Um, eight targets for Brown, eight target, uh, six targets for Godwin, 11 for Evans. Gronk and Cameron Brake both get three each. Leonard Fournette get three. Um, I think he's starting to maybe use the use the um, depth he's got um, for some very, very good players, obviously, as well. I mean, there's no um, better wide receiver group, is there, than no, Antonio Brown? No, I think that's the best. Chris Godwin and Antonio Mike Brown, Evans. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like, if one's locked up, you throw to another one. If they're locked up as well, then... You know, if you've got all three on the field, you're in a very fortunate position. Um, to to flip on to the Panthers' side of the ball, I think they really missed CMC again. I know he's only been back a week, but you saw the difference it made both sides of the ball. You can catch, you can run, everything like he's he's a massive, a massive weapon um, in a nice way. I know that sounds really bad if you're listening from a Scottish perspective. Um, only 65 total rushing yards for them. Um, now, Davis Mike did Dave. go off injured, didn't he? Uh-huh. But it didn't look as if they then replaced that kind of rushing effect. Teddy Bridgewater was the next best rusher. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater went off injured. Um, but he, he didn't look as if he was having his best game before then. Um, I know he'd thrown for two touchdowns, but he, he kind of looked as if he was struggling a wee bit to, to kind of get it going. Um and then the Panthers were were one in nine on third downs as well. So the the Bucks D had a good game and they always are good. Um, <laughs> but it looked as if the Panthers kind of lacked a wee bit of punch at times. I think I think a big part of this game as well uh, is the two defenses because that Tampa Bay Bucks yeah. defense is amazing. You know, really, there's a lot of experience in there and some exciting players as well, even the young ones there. But the Panthers, all seven of their draft picks this. At the last draft, were on the defense. defense, so it's a very yeah. inexperienced defense, and uh, I think it was maybe exploited by uh, Tom Brady today. Aye, see, when I you've got it's... someone like Tom Brady throwing the ball to you, and you've got those kind of receivers, you're always going to struggle as a rookie. Um, so I think Panthers defensively, it's kind of hard to to um, it's kind of hard to to slate them too much, to be honest. I think they realise that offensively the Panthers have very, very good a very, very good core they've got. Um obviously now they've got Teddy at quarterback, they've got Chris McCaffrey in the emergence of Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, Kurt Samuel, David Moore, very, very good players. And I think they knew that they weren't gonna light it up this season. It would be maybe a transitional year for Teddy Bridgewater, but 
the fact that they have drafted all these defensive players, you'd like to think this season they'll learn from it and in the next two or three years they could really become a force in that division. Obviously, that's what they're hoping for, but that still remains to be seen. But um, I, I do like what I'm seeing from the, the Panthers so far. Yeah, I, I think... Um, no, sorry, only one. Yeah, that division's just really tough. I'm just looking at their record. They're 3-7, and seven, but they have played five divisional games and they're 1-4 yeah, yeah. in those. So like outside the division, they're 2-3, and three, but they're just in a really and tough also, division. They've played a lot of those games without Chris McCaffrey as well. So. Yeah. Exactly. Also, I think you said David Moore there. Um, he's not all of a sudden gone to the Panthers. It's DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Apologies. <laughs> I mean, unless there's a trade that's happened that we didn't notice. Aye. Uh, the... In the last 10 minutes, Mikey's instigated it. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I get, I get an inside scoop. <laughs> unfortunately for Carolina, I'm just looking at the streak there. They're, they've lost their last five games. Yeah, they're, uh, that, that's, they're struggling. That stat surprises me because I thought I don't think they've played particularly badly when I've been watching them, but uh, they've lost their last five according to. According they just to seem to struggle. Like, like that's what I was saying. They they seem to struggle to have like a a punch to break down teams when, especially like when the Bucks are leading by so much, they can always rely on their defense to keep them ahead by so much, and then when you give Tom Brady the ball, anything can happen. Literally anything. It exactly. could go one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but when you, you when you have the reassurance of a really, really good defence, then the offence can play with, with total freedom. Well, uh, and I think that's what works quite well for, for Tampa Bay. Well, Kai, you know another team that's got a really good defence they can rely on? <sighs> it's the Miami Dolphins. And they were at home to yes. the Los Angeles Chargers, won 29 points to 21. And, yeah, I don't know what really what I was to say. That defence for the Dolphins and the special teams has run really, really well, and that offense doesn't really have to do much. Now, don't get me wrong; they they do work well that offense. Again, Ahmed with another eighty-five uh, yard game, um, some twenty-one attempts and a touchdown. Um, even with no uh, with no Miles Gaskin there, they're still got a good running game, one hundred eleven yards in total. Tua passed for two touchdowns, one hundred sixty-nine yards. He passed the ball about between uh, Grant Gesicki, Parker, um. Our quarterback ranking show came out a few days ago and we had recorded that the week before and it just took me a while to edit it. And at that point, too, I'd only played a game and he hadn't played particularly well. Now, having watched him play more, I think we were slightly low on our rankings of tour. <laughs> I think if we did that this week... I think that's what we'd... I don't, I'm pretty sure someone said it. I don't think it was myself. Might well have been you, Mikey, uh, or, or yourself, Adam, was that... He was really only there on such a small sample size. It was so hard to put him any higher because we'd barely seen him in the NFL. I would say I would rank him much higher now. I would put him up there with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert because I, I put them next to each other in low 20s, I think. I would put him in there. I said to, I don't know if I said to both of you, I, I know I definitely said to Kai that obviously I, I watched a lot of college ball as well and before the draft, if you are taking all injuries out of play between Tua, Joe Burrow, as much as I love Joe Burrow and as much as Justin Herbert has been lights out this season, Tua is the best quarterback out of the three of them, in my opinion. Yeah. But obviously he had this hip surgery. He actually had the hip surgery a year ago, roughly about a year ago today, um, or just on Monday, potentially. Um, so speaks volumes that he's managed to... Yep, I've got it here. So it was 
on Monday, he suffered a season-ending hip injury with Alabama. And then on Sunday, he went to 3-0 and as a starter with the Dolphins. And he's thrown five touchdowns to zero interceptions. Um, he's the best quarterback out of the three of them, ability-wise. I think the biggest question for teams that were drafting and obviously uh, for the Dolphins when he was drafted was what's going to happen with his injuries when he takes big hits. And I know we spoke about it with Alex Smith. It's, it was very important to see him against the Rams uh, and people like that. And he's done well so far. I, I think the quote might come back to get him soon. He said, I expected it to be a lot harder, not that it's not hard. Um, hmm. I think defensive sides are going to want to get at him now that he said that. Yeah, they're going to hit him, aren't they? <laughs> big time. I think that was uh, a I think clever, that was clever the, thing to say. I think... Um, it was actually very similar to so completely different sport, but Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters, the part of the Augusta 72, and he said, oh, it's a par 67 to me, and the commentators really did not take to it. And after he said it, he played a really poor round, and the commentators in the media were on him. I think that's very similar. I think that whoever the Dolphins have got the next couple of weeks are going to want to smash to her after saying that. Well, in the next few weeks, it's the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals... Oh, he's fine then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to be six and zero. He's going to be six and zero then. And then he's got the Chiefs, whose defense is slightly better. Okay, uh, so maybe he might have something to say about that. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I think Tua played well again. He didn't pass for a huge number of yards, but I think he he did very well to manage that game. On the other side of the ball, former Dolphin Kalen Balaj took over that backfield. Sixty-eight rushing yards, five receptions for thirty-four yards, um, and. Justin Herbert threw, for again, not a huge number of yards, 187 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Um, I'll be honest. Dolphins were worth their win, I think. I think I say that defence is really good. Uh, Flores has got that whole team working really well. And I'm actually fairly, maybe certain is the wrong word, but fairly confident this could actually be a playoff team. And were we going to be saying that at the start of the season? Never, 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 never. Yeah, never. I think, never considering never. what you've just said with a rec- uh, with our their schedule to come with the Broncos, the Jets, the uh, Bengals as well within the next few weeks, like there is a very real possibility they pick up three wins there and go nine and three, um, which would be ridiculous. What but I, th- I think this is a, a similar situation to the Bucks. Obviously, not quite on the same scale. But they have such a good defence and they can rely on their defence that when you put two in, you can kind of just let him, not quite to the same extent that you have with Tom Brady, obviously, but you can put two in and you can kind of just let him play and and kind of play with a bit of freedom. And I think when he's got that, I think he'll probably flourish. Yeah, but the Dolphins play the Bills in the last week of the regular season. Massive. And that is huge. Um, but one question I've got is if... The Steelers go 16 and 0, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins make the playoffs. Who gets coach of the year? Brian Flores or Mike Tomlin? Got to be Flores. I got to, to get... be Flores when someone gets only the second 16 and 0 season of all time. Well, I think like here's a here's here's Adam's outlandish claim. I think more people would have predicted at the start of the season that the Steelers had a chance of going 16 and 0 than the Dolphins, the Dolphins get to the playoffs. Yeah. That, okay. You know, because bear in mind that the Steelers had what seven wins last year without Big Ben. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I, yeah, I think I don't think the Steelers will get to that. I don't think the Steelers will be sixteen and zero. I think they might be fifteen and one. So if the Steelers don't get to sixteen and zero, I think yeah, Black, Flores. Lion Flores, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> uh, Ryan Flores will be coach of the year. I think he's a favourite for it at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, Chargers side of the ball just quickly again. That's another loss. They suck. Even, they suck. Even though we seem to be quite like the way Herbert have been playing, I'll be honest. I've got him in fantasy, and he's not had a bad week for fantasy. As as a he's a very a fantasy relevant quarterback, yeah. probably sure. because they're losing and he's having to throw so much. Yeah. But uh, yeah. he he had a, a rushing touchdown this week as well. But yeah, they they've lost three in a row now. They're two and seven. I'll be honest. At the start of the season, I did not think they were going to be the worst team in that division. But here they are. They just seem a bit. Really. I mean, obviously they've they they keep losing games by such <coughs> small margins. Yeah, their their um, point differential is only minus nineteen. Now bear in mind they've got two wins and seven losses, and their yeah. net points is minus nineteen. I think the I mean I saw something like the they have the the highest number of games lost by eight or more point uh, eight or less points. Sorry, since like two thousand and nineteen or something. Yeah, uh, and the NFL at the moment it's silly how many times they've got really close to winning or they've been ahead and they've they've kind of thrown it away late on um, but this one was quite a, I know that there was only 8 points in it but it didn't look like at any point they were going to come back and win it no, um, the Dolphins all. always looked in control Yeah. Um. so the the Chargers play in the AFC West Mikey you're looking at a, a game that involved two other AFC West teams uh, the Denver Broncos travelling to the I'll get this right this time, the Las Vegas Raiders I like saying Oakland for that but the Las Vegas Oakland Raiders Gators. And the Raiders won 37 points to 12. Was it as much of a blowout as the score suggests? Not in the first half. Uh, it was pretty close in the first half until, I think, just before half-time, the Raiders scored a touchdown. But Ra- the Raiders didn't really come out of second gear for this one. I think they were they kind of coasted to this one. Um, confidence is sky high in Las Vegas, for sure. There's no doubt about that. But the fact that they beat the Chiefs... Um, They've had COVID problems of their own with their offensive line last weekend. Um, but three consecutive wins, they're 3-0 in their own division as well, and they've already played the Chiefs. Um, I would have said that this game at the weekend with the Chiefs and the Raiders coming up was huge, but there's been some reports that the whole defensive unit for the Raiders has is, is, is been in close contact or tested positive or something like that. So... If you've got Patrick Mahomes up against a, a second string defensive unit for the Oakland Raiders, oh, you've made me say it <laughs> for the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, um, but it'll take us a couple of years to get used to that. I think. Um, yeah, I think it, this. Keep an eye on that because Patrick Mahomes coming off a bye with his whole team rested against a second string uh, Las Vegas Raiders defensive side of the ball could get ugly, really ugly, um, but. Yeah, as I said, keep an eye on that. Um, for the Broncos, they lead the NFL in turnovers. They've had 21 on the season. They had five turnovers total uh, on offense for this game. Silly mistakes. You're just watching it, you just it almost seemed Drew Locke was doing this week what Alex Smith was doing last week towards the end of the game. He was throwing passes for for throwing sake. He didn't he didn't need to throw them. Smart quarterbacks don't do that, even if. If Aaron Rodgers is losing a game and there's still a window of opportunity to get back in the game, he won't just throw the ball up the field and hope for the best. He'll throw it out of bounds and hope that the defensive side will, will bring a turn, make a stop or have a turnover. 
and Drew Locke hasn't realised that yet. Still a second string quarterback. I know we all had him pretty low in the rankings, but the, I, I do see a lot of potential with Drew Locke, but he always seems to have one good game followed by two or three very, very poor games. Um, and that's something that he's going to need to figure out, whether it be now or in the offseason. Um, the Broncos' next three games are against teams that are a combined 21-6. and six. So the Dolphins, the Saints, and the Chiefs. I could see them... No, I'm not going to say I could see them. They will slip to 3-9 and nine on the season. Um, that could lead very well to a top-five draft pick. Do they get a new QB? I don't think so. I think they'll stick with Drew Locke for one more season, I at least. I think Elway quite likes him. Um, yeah, and I think Elway is a good judge of character when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, I think so. Brock Osweiler, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did quite like as well uh, that Josh Jacobs rushed 21 times, 112 yards, two touchdowns. As I think I said before, the, the Raiders really are an old, old-fashioned old team. They run the ball and then they you know, play a bit of play action, throw the ball downfield. A bit of a revenge game for Devontae Booker, though, as well, having uh, played his first few years at uh, the Broncos and then coming out, uh, 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, they can arrest I think that was mentioned Jacobs. a couple of times during during the game and commentary and stuff like that, I think. It, it, I this, think he had quite a good week last week as well, to be fair to him. Yeah, I think, um, he, did, yeah. I think he, he picked up a couple of touchdowns, or at least a touchdown last week. But if you're ever going to go and have a really good game, go and do it against your ex-employer. Exactly. There's a, there's one thing as well. I was going to I was going to bring it up in the Giants Eagles game, but I thought I'd maybe just pop it in just now that, um, obviously because the Raiders play the Chiefs and this was part of their division. So, again, apparently, uh, DeAndre Baker, who was a 2019 first round pick for the Giants, um, played 16 games for the Giants last season, and then he was accused of four counts of armed robbery. He was cut by the Giants, and then just recently he was cleared of all charges, and apparently which is just madness. The opposing lawyer has been charged with extortion. Uh, DeAndre Baker has apparently signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, very, very good defensive back. So, again, <laughs> a really, really good career timeline already. I know not, not a lot of it's good news, but um, he'll have a chance to redeem himself on a massively underrated defensive unit. So, I, I very, I just feel like the Chiefs are just the Chiefs and the Bucks are just picking up whoever they want. I'm just trying to get Adam is so confused. <laughs> I'm just trying to get my head around that whole situation. <laughs> like yeah, that that it was story had layers um, upon layers upon layers. Yeah, so yeah, it was uh, he, he's probably he's only in his second season and he's not played a game this season and he could probably have a movie written about him already. Yeah. So and it'll probably end with him winning a Super Bowl ring at some point. So fair play to DeAndre Baker yeah. for getting cleared of all that and uh, signing with the Chiefs. Well, yeah, he, you said there that he might get a Super Bowl ring. Uh, two teams who also might end up with Super Bowl rings very soon. Um, the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, both appreciating that. Uh, that's uh, it's like that. Uh, nice. See, nice. I, I try, I try. Um, the Cardinals ended up winning 32 points to 30, according to my sheet here. It seems like a strange score, but uh, it was it was correct. And uh, Mikey, you were also looking at this game. If we have a sound drop, which I'm sure I'll have for next week, this would be our PHFL game of the week. Do, 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 do. There you go. That's the yep. sound. 100%. I am just going to say this and get it out of the way before I get into the game. The Arizona Cardinals are the most exciting team to watch in the NFL. They're just... Hard to the disagree. Games the games they've been involved in this season have just been phenomenal. Like that Seahawks game, 
this game against the Bills, I don't know. It was just amazing. The, we'll just get straight into it. It was a close game. Uh, kind of going head-to-head, uh, -head, taking uh, with quite a few lead changes, but Stefan Diggs scored a very late touchdown for the Bills. A phenomenal, phenomenal catch. Um, I think he's up to maybe 900-plus yards for the season already. He's the leading, uh, leads the league in receiving yards. Um, but as we spoke about earlier, that Devontae Adams was the second-best wide receiver in the league. DeAndre Hopkins is the undisputed number one. There have been rumblings about it over the past couple of weeks. I think he's just said, you know what, I'm just going to make sure everybody knows that I'm number one. Yeah. Um, this Hail Mary pass, it was the first of Kyle, Kyla Murray's high school, collegiate, or professional career, this Hail Mary pass attempt, not even completion, his first Hail Mary yes, attempt man. with two seconds left to play through the ball. DeAndre Hopkins came up over three players. He was in triple coverage. And bearing in mind, one of those players was Tredavious White, who is one of the best defensive oh, yeah. players in the game. One of the best, Connor. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins comes up with the grab to win the game. Uh, they ended up kneeling on the, the two-point conversion and then squibbed a, a squib, a kick, I think they call it, a squib. A squib, um, yes, a wee squib. To, to run out the clock and the ball ran out of bounds. Phenomenal statement win from the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray was... I think he's in the he's in the conversation for MVP at the moment. It just depends on where they end up. Um, but Kyler Murray is the third quarterback in the last 10 seasons to throw a game-winning touchdown of 40-plus yards in the last 15 seconds of a game. Do you know who the other two are? I think you'll get one. It's A-Rod, isn't it? quite hear that. Aaron Rodgers is the first. Uh, so, Kai, that's Kyler Murray is the one of three quarterbacks in the last 10 seasons to throw a game-winning touchdown pass of 40-plus yards in the last 15 seconds of a game. Aaron Rodgers was the other one. Who was the other, the third quarterback? Week 14, 2018. It was a certain Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my God. But the play was the Miami Miracle against the Patriots when they were doing so many different laterals up the pitch. That, oh. counts, as a Ryan, that counts as a 69-yard passing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill. I tell you, I'd That's be raging if I was playing against him in fantasy and that kind of his <laughs> <person touched. laughs> that, He got that. Yeah, yeah. So just crazy. And uh, Kyler Murray is the first player in NFL history to have five consecutive games with at least one pass and one rush touchdown. This guy is just playing as if he's playing in the park with his friends. He, he's he's making a mockery almost similar to what Lamar Jackson was making of defensive units last season. Just an absolute joy to watch. And then the last note I've got, we, we spoke about the picture of DeAndre Hopkins' gloves, sponsored by Jordan, reaching above the Nike and Adidas gloves of the Bills players. Jordan Brand's marketing value has went up $5.7 million since that DeAndre Hopkins catch. Well, I hope Hopkins gets a little so, bit of that. Yeah, I think he should at least get, what, what 47%, considering that's how, how many yards a touchdown was for. Yeah. I don't but, think yeah. the guy will be short of a few quid, so I'm, I don't nah. think he'll be gutted if he doesn't, but... But just, just a, a crazy end to a, a very good game, uh, game of the week, as Adam said. Uh, one thing which I love about DeAndre Hopkins is uh, recently in training, the cameras have been all over him. And Hopkins was caught saying to the camera, like, get away from me. Like, go focus on the O-line, because like, without them, I wouldn't be able to make this catch and go focus on Kyler and go focus on uh, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds and the defensive side. That I think he's a, a massive team player and he has elevated this team. I know Kyler Murray has as well, but without Hopkins this season, taking, even taking away this one catch, he has elevated this whole Cardinals team to become a, a playoff team. Basically, 
the similar playoff team that the Houston Texans were last season. It shows what a massive player he is in this league. I was about to ask, we seem to say this every week, but just to confirm, do we definitely think the Cardinals won that trade? Ah, it, it, remains, it remains to be seen. You know, like a washed out running back and a second round pick for the yeah, best receiver I'm, in the league? I'm still not sold on DeAndre Hopkins after me spending the last few podcasts saying he's the number one wide receiver in the league. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if they've won that trade yeah, yet. We'll need to have a I'd look at that every week from now on just to check. <laughs> Um, on the Buffalo yeah, side of the ball, it, did, did Josh Allen become the best receiver in the league with his receiving touchdown? He's a big cool. guy as well, by the way. Like... And this is the this is his second receiving touchdown in his career for the Bills. Um, I, I, I love seeing stuff like that. Like the the, the Philly special is probably my all time favorite play ever. It was it, I know that was obviously in a Super Bowl as well, which elevates it. But see when you see quarterbacks receiving. I don't think it's much to do with the... I think it's the fact that Trey Burton threw that Super Bowl touchdown pass. He's a tight end who can say, I've thrown a touchdown in a Super Bowl. And I can't remember who threw the Bills touchdown. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, but, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that he, he'll he talk about for the rest of his life. I know that the, the spotlight's on Josh Allen and Nick Foles and these kind of plays, but the people that are actually throwing the passes, their job is not to throw passes. And the fact that they can do stuff like that just shows how versatile these athletes are. It's, it's cool. I love seeing stuff like this. Yeah, well, I, I totally agree. Talking about versatile athletes, uh, the next game is San Francisco 49ers at the New Orleans Saints, and we have a very versatile athlete in there with Taysom Hill, um, who's actually, did you know, on ESPN Fantasy, he's classed as a tight end. Yeah, we, I, think we, I don't know if we spoke about this at the very start of the season or something. It's. I just think they've put all his positions in a pot and spoiled yeah. it around and picked one they, out. They've right. appa- apparently now, for this week, they've also added he can be classed as a quarterback as well for this coming week. So, just for a wee hint for fantasy, if he does end up being called the starter, because they've not decided, they're kind of giving him and Winston both the snaps this week, because uh, just looking forward to my analysis of the game, uh, Drew Brees sat out the second half with a rib injury and he's out for this week and the next few weeks, I think. Um, but, that could be a bit of a cheat code for tight end because a lot of the tight ends are fairly rubbish in terms of fantasy points this year. And if you've got a guy throwing 20 passes in a game, that could be worth quite a lot of points in your tight end position. So just a thought out there for Definitely a, a loophole there for fantasy owners oh, yeah, if definitely. they want to take that risk yeah. on Taysom Hill. If, he, if he's classified as a tight end this week... Yeah, he still is. He's tight, end, he's, he's tight end and quarterback just, at the moment. So. Let me just pick him off off the waivers while you two are just uh, it's, it's Kai just discussing. Done it. Oh, Kai's just... Oh, Kai, look, Kai's showing his phone. It looks like he may have done it. Uh, but yeah, uh, when you're looking at our fantasy league and trying to steal players off each other, I'll talk about this game. Um, I remember saying to Kai with, what, about 90 seconds left in the first half, this is a really quiet game for Kamara. He'd had about four rushing yards or and, you know, one catch. And then Kamara decided, you know what, uh, I'm not having a quiet game. I'm going to have a, a big game here. So Kamara ended up 83 receiving yards, seven receptions and a touchdown. Two ru- uh, rushing touchdowns, 15 yards. Probably one of the the best scoring games for a running back this week after I was slagging him off. So I'm sure he was listening. I'm sure that's the reason why he did so well. Um, <laughs> but Drew Brees, uh, as I say, at halftime, he came back out the locker room, but he did not play. It was Jimmy's Winston and Taysom Hill that came out to do the, the throwing, mainly Winston, to be fair, um, with Breeze's rib injury. The San Francisco 49ers struggling again. Uh, the rushing game was not good. Uh, Jermichael Hasty has broken his collarbone now, so adding to their injury woes. Uh, Jared McKinnon, so I thought, 
with Jared McKinnon being the only really fit running back in that backfield, let's play him. And he rushed 18 times for 33 yards, which is almost as inefficient as Jordan Howard, who, by the way... Is, <laughs> yeah, we forgot yeah, to mention him. Yeah, he's now dropped from uh, Miami. They've released him. So, uh, But yeah, it was not a good game for, for San Francisco. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was uh, the standout performer, I'd say, with the 75 yards on seven receptions and a touchdown. But uh, the main talking point, as I say, is looking forward... What do you think is going to happen with New Orleans' uh, offense? I'll ask, I'll ask Mikey first. Uh, with no breeze for at least the next couple of weeks, I think it's been confirmed. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? I think we are about to see a career resurgence from Jameis Winston. I, I think I agree. I don't, I don't rate him massively as a quarterback, but there was all these rumors in the off season that he had, he actually had vision impairments, and he had, he's now got, he got surgery to impair his vision. Um, You've seen him, I don't know if you, uh, social media, you've seen him training in the off-season. This is him getting the same similar chance that Teddy Bridgewater got last season. I know Teddy Bridgewater got five games. If Jameis Winston goes 3-0 or 2-3-0, maybe, uh, depending on when Breeze comes back, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Jameis Winston starting for an NFL team next season. Um, We always said that the potential was there. He was, what, he was the first pick or the second pick? I don't know if Mariota was, him and Mariota were the top two picks. Um, and we know that the potential's there. He just, again, silly throws a lot of picks. I think he, he's had the first ever 30 and 30 season, was it? 30 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. Um, I think we'll see a different Jameis Winston. I think we'll see also the fact that the Bucks last season offensively weren't the best. And now we're seeing him on this Saints team where he has the pressures taken away on Alvin Kamara, from Alvin Kamara. Because uh, from Jameis Winston through Alvin Kamara, sorry. Um, I'd like to see Jameis Winston pick up a few wins and, and get a get a start on a team next season. Yep, I agree. Kai, uh, I recently traded for Michael Thomas. Uh, do you think that this move with Jameis Winston at QB, we're assuming, uh, we think that it's going to be Winston with Taysom Hill kind of thrown in a little bit. Um, do you think that's going to be good for Thomas? Because Thomas did have seven targets, only two receptions, and a lot of those targets were from Winston in the, the second half. I think, yeah, I think of what Mikey said as well, going from a, a, a Bucks offence where, I'm not saying they didn't they didn't have weapons, but it wasn't quite as good an offence as what he's got now with the Saints. Um, I think when, when he knows, when James... Winston knows he's got someone good to throw to. I think it probably increases his value, and also I think I think he'll probably lean on Kamara rushing the ball and the wee dump off receptions, and he'll probably lean on uh, Michael Thomas as as his his target for most of his uh, for most of his passes. Because I hope so. I think I think when you're in a when you're in a pressure situation where you need to to look to be doing well, I think when you've got someone like him and you know. He can throw. I think he's the kind of receiver you could probably throw a a, a three quarters good pass to, and he would turn it into a good pass. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of those receivers that you don't need to be absolute pinpoint accurate with, with who you put the ball. He'll probably grab it. Um, I think yeah. Uh, if you're Jameis Winston and you're in this quarterback room watching tape, you're thinking, "Who have I got to throw to?" And then you think, "Oh, who's this guy that uh, led?" is the all-time uh, receptions leader for a single season. Oh, there's Michael Thomas. I'm going to throw it to him when I'm under pressure. Like, There's no yeah. doubt about it. He's fully fit now. 
they're playing at the Falcons next week, the Saints, who have an, <laughs> a porous secondary. Like it's, This is going to be a high-scoring game. Michael Thomas comes back with a bang this week. I think he'll go for over 100 yards. Um, and I think Jameis Winston will put up, whether, whether it be a fantasy-relevant uh, performance or not, remains to be seen. But I think the, it will be definitely 1-0 as a starter for the Saints for Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of the, the Michael Thomas uh, question, I think for Jameis Winston, if, see, see as you work your way through your progressions as a quarterback, for every every play you go, he's the guy I look at first, he's the guy I then check if, he's, if that guy's covered and you move through your progressions. Every single play, the first look is going to be at Michael Thomas. There's no play that you draw up, maybe, maybe some Alvin Kamara, but there's almost no play that you draw up as the Saints uh, offensive coordinator that isn't Michael Thomas as your first look. So yeah. I th- I think and think, think about how last season, how relevant in fantasy OJ Howard and uh, Cameron Brait were. Um, maybe not top 10 tight ends, but they were putting up big numbers. Jared Cook is at the New Orleans Saints, who is a very good tight end. And I think Jameis Winston will rely heavily on him yeah. as well. And just looking at it, they play the Falcons, the Broncos, the Falcons, and well, the Eagles. <laughs> so if that's, if that's four games that Jameis Winston gets maximum, you're thinking he might finish 4-0 and and end up I mean, who's to say he doesn't end up on a team like the Dallas Cowboys next season or the Jacksonville Jaguars if they don't take a quarterback in the draft? It's, he, he's a, he's a start, he is a starting quarterback once he irons out all these silly mistakes that he's made. Well, well now, so, that, now that he has functioning eyes, as you said, Mikey, maybe he won't throw the interceptions because he knows who he's throwing. <laughs> that's that, always, that's a, always a positive thing yeah. for a quarterback yeah. when he's able to see where he's throwing. Exactly. Quickly on the San Francisco side of the ball, is that them out of playoff contention, would you say now? Definitely. Four and six. I think they'll struggle now. What one big uh, big piece of news come out is uh, Tack McKinley was claimed off the waivers by the 49ers um, from the he obviously was released by the Falcons, former first round pick again. I think he'll be a massive addition to this struggling defensive side. Uh, very well needed. It's not going to turn their season around, but once you have a fully healthy roster for the 49ers, including them now Tack McKinley, and if they sort out their quarterback issues. I would say 2021, be afraid of the 49ers for sure. They're going to come back with a vengeance. Has that definitely think, been uh, confirmed for Tat McKinley? Because I'm sure the Bengals had claimed him and then he failed the medical, so they unclaimed him. So I don't. Yeah, I, I heard that he's currently on the 49ers practice squad at the minute. Right. But he will obviously, first round picks don't stay in the practice squad for much longer. Yeah, but that, that's all because I know that the, I'm sure it was the Bengals had, had picked him up and then released him after he didn't pass the medical part of the. Yeah, the Bengals released former Falcons defensive end Tack McKinley after field medical, and the 49ers have signed him. Right. So, do you think that was an actual field medical, or they just decided they didn't want him? Because well, if he I'm failed a medical sure. for the Bengals, and then he's able to sign for the 49ers, unless they've got two different types of medicals. I mean, he didn't play a snap for the Bengals, and he tweeted, thank you at Bengals for the opportunity to realise a lifelong dream slash goal, and thank you to the fans in the city of Cincinnati, dot, 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 dot. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't as sincere as it should have been. Um, (laughs) Kai, the reason I ask if the 49ers are going to be a playoff team or likely aren't is because two teams who probably are at this stage in that division are the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams who played against each other uh, this week. The Rams winning 23 points to 16. Uh, What's your thoughts on that game? I think this is... (coughs) Sorry. Um, I think this is now the second week in a row... Um, I've looked at the Seahawks game. Um, 
if they had started the season the way they have played the last couple of weeks, and I know there is reasons behind it, if they'd started the season the way they've played the past couple of weeks, they would be bottom of that division. Um, I think they have been nothing I, short uh, that's of... That's Kai's outlandish claim of the week. <laughs> I, I think if, if, they'd, if they'd played like this through the first few weeks against some of the teams they've obviously played, I think they would have probably struggled. Um I, what I would say though about this week was I thought the Rams were very, very clinical. Um I know the Seahawks are struggling, but I thought the Rams played very, very well. Um Jared Goff, I know I'm not the highest on Jared Goff and I don't think he's the best quarterback. I think he managed this game very well. Um twenty seven for for thirty twenty seven of thirty seven um for three hundred yards. Not a great return in terms of no touchdown, but decent number of yards, um, relatively efficient with, with where he was putting the ball. Um, and now the Rams are... This this stat amazed me, because um, I thought surely surely at some point they've, they've slipped up. The Rams are now 31-0 and when they've been leading a game at halftime since 2017. That's a stat I didn't know. That's an impressive stat. 31 Sean, and Sean, that's all Sean McVay for sure he will like, not let a league slip they're the only team in the NFL that, that haven't lost a game in, in such circumstances that's, so any other team that that's is, been leading at half time and that time scale has lost that's, um, that's good game management then certainly isn't it so I, th- I think that's kind of where you come from with, with Sean McVay and, and obviously their very good defence um, and then obviously Jared Goff buys into that and I think that's probably what, what kind of that's the kind of quarterback Jared Goff is. He's not the most exciting quarterback in the world. I wouldn't say he's the best quarterback in the world. Um, but I, th- I think he does very well at, at just seeing games out when he's ahead or, or finding a way to, to, I, k- to keep them winning. I think in our uh, quarterback ranking special, which came out earlier in the week, that you should all go and listen to if you've not already done so, uh, that's what I described Goff as. A, kind of a game, game, manager. game manager. He was in that tier yeah. for me, and I think he really was. Uh, none, um, none of us ranked Russell Wilson as a game manager, though we ranked him quite highly. What's going on? I, I, I mean, I'll come on to Russell Wilson quickly. All the scoring was on the ground in this game as well. There was no passing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Alex Collins, where we come back touchdown for the for the Seahawks. Um, we were all glad to see that, and uh, it seems to be that that running back committee in, in LA is is starting to come good. Um, Malcolm Brown with two touchdowns. Uh, Daryl Henderson got one, and then Cam Akers seemed to be doing more of the dirty work. He seemed to be kind of moving the ball up the field, and then uh, they brought Brown and Henderson in for the the goal line work. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would probably be a, a sign of things to come. I think people weren't sure at the start of the season where that running back committee would go, who would kind of lead it. It looks as if Cam Akers is the is the lead back, but it, it it's not as if they're disregarding the other two. Um, the one thing I would say about that Rams defence, and I think we discussed it during the game, Jalen Ramsey, on his, I think Mikey's comment was on his day, he is the best and the the best at what he does in the league. Oh, yeah. By a mile. Shut down corner I mean, on his best day. DK Metcalf had two receptions for 28 yards. They both came in the, the fourth quarter. At, with a receiver like that, now I know he came very close to, to grabbing one. Uh, on the two-yard line and taking it in for a touchdown, but I think the only two receptions he had, Jalen Ramsey didn't line up against them. Um, so, crazy. But to move on to the more pressing issue in this game and the the bigger talking point, uh, the Russell Wilson 
interception count for the year is now on 10. Uh, he was only on three going into the bye, right? In the last four games, he's thrown seven. I, I don't know what's changed in that time. It's falling apart, isn't he? Something's... And I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week, and I think the last two weeks have cemented it. I think he's thrown away his chances at MVP. Um, quite literally thrown it away. He just... It just doesn't seem like the the Russell Wilson of of previous weeks, where he was lighting it up. Now I know he's not really had running backs for the past couple of weeks. He's not had his his first choice or even his second choice running backs for the past few weeks. So obviously that's quite a big thing for a quarterback because you rely on that. But he's still got great receivers, and it just seems as if he's 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 struggling. Um, they were like obviously taught, their bye week seems to have been a turning point because they were very good going into the bye. They were five and zero. They looked like they were building a lot of momentum, and then coming out their bye week, he's their own seven picks. They're one and three. I mean, I I don't know what you two think aside from the running back issues and the the, the leaky defense. Like, what is the issue in Seattle? Like, the, what has gone wrong? The, the issue we're... is definitely the running backs. Like, the, the defense has been rubbish all the time. We've we've known that all season. That's not changed. But definitely the thing that's changed. Is the lack of Chris Carson in there? I think, I think he's underrated, uh, because he gets injured so often in his short career so far. Uh, people can, uh, I think, underrate him that he's maybe not of huge importance to that Seattle run, uh, that Seattle offense. But I think he is. I think with the lesser quality players in there, the defenses who are facing Seattle are able to cover the receivers more and have less people in the box to stop the run. I think that's the main, the main issue certainly. I think we're seeing the complete opposite scenario of what's happening with Tua and Dolphins. The Dolphins' D has been so impressive that they're taking the pressure off Tua that they're winning games and he's not really having to play that well. I think that the Seahawks are so bad on D that they're, they're pressuring Russ to make bigger plays a lot more frequently. Yep. And that's why he's making a lot of interceptions and stuff. I thought when the Jets traded Jamal Adams to the Seahawks that he was a lock for one of the top three defensive players of the years. I know say, as a safety, not as common to win it, but that's how highly I rate Jamal Adams. It's just, it's just been, it's been embarrassing from the, from the. See when you look at the Steelers D, can you imagine the Seahawks offense had the Steelers D? My God, yeah, it would just it's be scary. Uh huh. So, I, I, yes, the running back situation, but also, also the. I just think defense wins championships. We've said that a million times and. As it stands, we we I said that the NFC runs through Seattle, but I'm I'm not sure anymore. I don't even know if that division runs through Seattle. It, it, that's how wide open it is. I've I've always been a big fan of the Rams. Um, I have no idea how this division is going to play out. Um, I I I kind of have to give the the Seahawks some sort of juice in the way that like before. Before the bye, they played the Falcons, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. Now, out of those five, aside from maybe the Dolphins, none of those five are, have great records this season, and they've not been playing very well. After the bye, they've played the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Bills, and the Rams. Now, that's it's a tough four games, with three of them being divisional. Sorry, if you include tonight's game, three of them will be divisional. But... After tonight, playing the Cardinals, they they play the Eagles, they play the Giants, they play the Jets, they play Washington. 
those those are four games they they must win. If they don't win I'm, them, I'm not worried. I'm not I'm not worried about the Seahawks just now. I, don't, I, I still think there's a chance to get the one seed. I also think we, as we spoke about, momentum is a massive thing. I, uh-huh. I'm I'm back in I'm back in the Cardinals tonight. Uh, I think obviously they have the win over them already, but Seahawks could very well still get the number one seed in this division and potentially in the NFC nor in the NFC in general. But um, if you you can never cut count Russell Wilson out, never. So come down to divisional games and they, in week sixteen and seventeen they play the Rams and the Forty Niners. Those two yeah. games will, will decide their season. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree with you. Um, you mentioned them earlier, Mikey. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, that was the next game that we have to talk about here. It was the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Steelers won thirty-six points to ten. Uh, again, just looking slightly forward. I think both me and both me and Mikey might have fancied a. A possible upset from the Bengals here, and we were wrong. Um, Big Ben uh, threw 46 times, only completed 27 of them, uh, but Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster catching most of the passes. Uh, Claypool with two touchdowns, Johnson with one, Smith-Schuster with one. The rushing game uh, was fairly ineffective, 44 rushing yards for Pittsburgh, but yeah, that that defense is good, and so is that passing game. Um, on the on the Bengal side of the ball, I think, I think they miss Joe Mixon. I think he's a big part of that offense. Um, Joe Burrow, uh, I mean, he didn't throw an interception, but it was just the one touchdown, just over fifty percent completion for two hundred yards, and uh, AJ Green five targets, zero receptions, very quiet. Again, this game, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd leading the way there. My, my main takeaway for that game is just that that passing offense in the Steelers is really good. I think all three of those receivers, uh, if I just talk about fancy for a moment, are fantasy relevant. You could pick any of them. I think they'll all be solid. Uh, similar to the way that uh, the last couple of seasons you could have played the three from the Rams when it was Cooks, Woods and uh, and Cup. I think you can, again, play the same here and they'll, they might not... They might have a, a a dodgy game here and there, but they'll all be fairly solid for you. They've all got a chance of breaking out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my main takeaway is I think the Bengals miss Joe Mixon. Do any of you have any comments I, about that? I, I miss Joe yeah. Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the reason I took the Bengals, I'm not I'm not going to speak for you here, Adam. Uh, the reason I took the Bengals this game, two reasons. That, a, I think the Steelers are going to lose at some point. So I thought, why yeah. not just take this game? But they proved me wrong. Fair play to them. But I also thought that the only way that the Bengals would have won is if they'd maybe shot out to maybe a 7 or a 10-0 lead. And that was the complete opposite. The Steelers shot out to a very quick 10-0 lead and the Bengals were just chasing their tails from there on uh, from there on in. So um, it's not as much as I love uh, Joe Burrow. This isn't a game to... This wasn't the best of games for the Bengals. I think, I know quarterbacks are the main focal point of the offence, but I think you are 100% right. I think Joe Mixon is a franchise player for the Bengals um, and they missed him massively. So hopefully they'll bounce back from this game. I'd like to see them finish with a relatively healthy record. Um, But the Steelers were just phenomenal again. Obviously, when we when we put the predictions in on Sunday afternoon, um, before the games, 
obviously we'll come on to that, but I'd taken the Steelers and I saw both of you had, had taken the Bengals. Um, part of me was was kind of agreeing with you and I could see where you were coming from, from the perspective as well that um, I know you've you've obviously not been very high on them this year so far. Uh, Adam, Big Ben Indeed. hadn't been in, in training all week. He hadn't practiced with the team. Um, he was talking about not having any in-helmet uh, practice, which obviously... Even if he's not fit, what he says he usually does is stands behind the quarterback with his helmet on so he can hear the play calling and he can kind of get a feel for the offense. He said he was having to do all that from home. He was just watching tape. So for a quarterback that's maybe not been, I know he's obviously on a on a uh, a team without a loss. Um, he, there was probably f- like they they were probably not at their strongest this week, but they proved everyone wrong. Yeah. A rather an emphatic victory, I would say, in the end. Yeah, well, I think we know historically Big Ben's not hugely enjoyed doing practice, uh, especially during yeah. the off-season. He doesn't normally like doing anything by himself. Um, so I have a feeling possibly Big Ben might just be saying to uh, Mike Tomlin here, could we just do that for practice every week? And I just sit about doing nothing. <laughs> I'll just sit at home. Yeah, because I'll come out you and guys throw, practice. throw four touchdowns, you know. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, Big Ben has earned that right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he, he probably could get that from Mike Tomlin um, because he's been that much of a legendary quarterback. So, um, but yeah, it was not an interesting game to watch, to say, to say the least. Yeah. I think the Steelers were in total control this full game. Uh, I think... 16 and 0. I still think that they will drop a game at some point. I don't know who to. The Colts are sticking out in my mind when I look at the schedule. Um, Ravens on Thanksgiving. Yeah, if they don't, a, a 16 and 0 season is monumental. It's only ever been done once before by the Patriots, who ended up losing in the Super Bowl that season. And obviously, the Dolphins had a perfect 14 and 0 uh, back in '86 and uh, won the Super Bowl that season. But that was obviously before the expansion to 16 game season. So, if the Steelers get to 16 and 0. Absolute credit to them. That is a monumental achievement. So, maybe week three or four of doing this, uh, we we described them as a dark horse. Um, don't think <laughs> that's quite the case yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're I not think they're very much anymore, the the leading the lead runner. Yeah, well, a, a team that uh, some people might have thought were going to be the lead runner, especially in this division, were the Baltimore Ravens. And on Sunday night football, they travelled to uh, to play against the New England Patriots. Uh, where everyone, I assume, predicted, yep, the Baltimore Ravens will win that game. But instead, uh, Bill Belichick and Cam Newton had something different in mind, and New England won 23 points to 17. And Kai's point, uh, we were speaking just before the podcast, was indeed about the weather again, just like his Cleveland game, but it was teaming it down. It was bad for most of the game. So it started bad and it stayed bad. The last, maybe not even the last quarter, maybe the last seven or eight minutes where the Ravens were chasing the game the rain was absolutely lashing down like it was like a sheet of rain yeah and uh, I was expecting a fumble I was expecting like the ball to slip out of someone's hands but you saw it the the two things I said because I ended up staying up to watch that game um the two things I said had a massive part to play in the Ravens downfall um were the weather because it meant that I think Lamar was a wee bit sceptical about rushing with the ball in case he got hit big and the ball slipped out. And the Ravens' centre... Now, I was trying to find his name. I couldn't remember his name. 
he had probably the worst game I have ever seen from a centre. <laughs> I think, uh, apparently, according to commentary, he hadn't had the best of games last week either, because uh, he had a big cut on his hand, so they taped it up. So he had one hand that was slightly bigger than the other one, so all his, his uh, snaps were like ski whiff. All right, okay. Um, it happened again this week. There was yeah. two or three of them. One of them went miles past Lamar Jackson, uh, and then there was another two or three that were were wayward. Um, I think that had a massive part to play, especially when the Ravens were chasing the game and they were really trying to kind of get something going. It was just in big, big moments. It was it was letting them down. But yeah. I would still say that the highlight of this game was. Um, Jacoby Myers throwing a touchdown. We all love it when QBs aren't the ones throwing. And it throw. was an absolute. Ah, oh, it was a great throw. Yeah. I mean, I, I later found out he was a he was a QB in high school, and um, so he does have a bit of an arm on him. But it wasn't as if he was like dumping the ball off to somebody. He threw it for, like diagonally to the very corner of the end zone, over the topper. Uh, a Ravens defender. His, and, his passer rating, uh, Kai, finished with 158.3, which I'm sure is the highest you can get for passer rating. So. It was it was a ridiculous throw, um, but uh, it was a big shock, I think, that the, the Patriots came out of that game with a win. Yeah. The well, thing with that is that he can say to his, again, as we talk about talking, uh, once you're finished, your career finishes to your grandkids, he can say, oh, do you know those goats, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all that? I've got a higher career passer rating than them. Just you yeah, remember that. Exactly. That's what you can say for the rest of his life. There might be a big asterisk over it, but that's what you can say. Looking looking at this Patriots team, uh, definitely as we expected, run first. Damien Harris seems to be doing most of the work in the middle of the field. You know, twenty two attempts, hundred and twenty one yards. And then Buckhead uh does some of the receiving work alongside uh James White and Buckhead seems to be the kind of uh goal line back as well. Um he obviously had two receiving touchdowns today. Um Again, further with Jacoby Myers, his percentage of targets is still around forty percent over the last four weeks on this offense. Like, uh, there are not many players like it's the elite players that seem to get this target percentage. And Jacoby Myers, is, I know that they're not throwing the ball a lot, so it doesn't take a lot of, of targets to be forty percent of it, you know. But uh, but he's really proven to be that kind of first look in this offense for Cam Newton. Um, and Cam, just looking at, Cam was back on his rushing game as well with uh, eleven attempts. I'm just looking at the stat, the stats here for this game. Yeah, the the now, five, five receivers. They they've only got five receivers, one of which is a a, a running back. Uh, two two but, of which are running backs. Sorry, two of which are running backs, but neither of the two running backs feature on the rushing totals. Uh, Burkhead does. It it just doesn't. Oh. It's it's a bit strange. They seem to have like nothing. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They don't have that many options on offense, they but they seem they to don't just use the them ball. really well. They're passing the ball to Myers, and that's about it. On the as you <laughs> said, as you said, on the Baltimore side of the ball, uh, well, Ingram was back this week, and the three uh, running backs, uh, Ingram, Dobbins, and Edwards, all kind of split the carries again. None of them hugely great. Maybe Edwards was slightly more efficient, but not great. Um, Mark Andrews for you, Mikey. Just for you, started to catch some balls. After your complaints. Yeah, just still not overly excited about him. I thought he was a guaranteed top three tight end. I think this comes down to the struggles of Lamar Jackson this season. Maybe an MVP style hangover or the Madden curse, as some people like to say. Madden curse, yeah. Um, the, the, the tight ends this year, I just don't think 
unless your name's Travis Kelsey, I, in terms of fantasy relevance, I don't think there's been any tight ends that have been lighting up the box score, to be honest. Uh, I know Darren Wallace had a, a decent season again um, so far, but if you've if you've drafted Mark Andrews, Kittle or Kelsey, you're talking third round, maybe early fourth at the latest for the tight, those tight ends. And with Kittle being out for the season and Andrews underperforming, you're going to be disappointed in that. So, um, yeah, give me all the taste and hell for the, the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, well... Sorry, just when yeah. you're talking about tight ends, um, so far this season, fantasy-wise, Travis Kelsey's on 167 total points. The next best is, is Darren Waller on 117. So there's a 50-point difference between first and second. Um, and then from there, it drops off quite significantly. TJ Hawkinson, Jonas Smith, and then after that, it's all very middle of the road. And the the weeks I had Jonu Smith, he scored one point, two points, and one point, something <laughs> like that. So yeah, not I would say, I would, sorry, I was just going to say, I think one of the biggest reasons Mark Andrew came, Mark Andrews had a more of an upturn in, in targets and stuff was the the weather stopped Lamar Jackson from throwing the ball as far. It was swirling about quite a bit, uh, and Nick Boyle went out injured in the second quarter, I think. So yeah. we left him with just Mark Andrews really to throw the ball short to. Um, so um, he seemed to be. Not in our him. dynasty league, um, I've obviously got Kittle on IR and Hayden Hurst was on the bye, so I had to go with Jimmy Graham this week. Oh, is that is that your link? Is that is that your link? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> Come on, Adam. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. so Jimmy Graham did well for you with zero receptions. Um... <laughs> <laughs> How many points did he get? I didn't even check. I knew I'd already lost my matchup. Well, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the stat line here, Mikey, and it says Jimmy Gray of two targets, zero receptions, zero yards. So I'm assuming he got you nothing. <laughs> did, he not rush? did he not rush for 100 and was he not playing at quarterback for a while? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he, he threw, threw several times. Uh, but yeah, this is the Monday Night Football match we're talking about. Minnesota at Chicago. 19 points to 13, Minnesota won. And can we get like a wee horn for uh, for uh, Kirk Cousins finally breaking that duck uh, of, of losing every Monday Night Football game he'd been in? It took a really bad Chicago Bears team to do it against, but well done, Kirk. As as, as Kai said earlier, he likes that. <laughs> um, the, the main... Uh, I see the main talking point in this game. Davin Cook rushed... For 30 attempts? 30 rushing attempts in this game. That's Derek, Derek Henry numbers. That, that's unbelievable. He only rushed for 96 yards, but still 30 rushing attempts. Uh, Adam Phelan caught two touchdowns, but it was mainly Jefferson who had eight receptions for 135 yards who was moving the sticks. Um, and on the Chicago Bears side of the ball, it's no surprises, Alan Robinson was the main target. Um, Nick Foles went down right at the end of the game with what looked really quite sore. I think it looked it's, bad. It seems to be okay though for next week. Yeah, but he seems to be alright. But certainly on the pitch, it didn't look it didn't yeah, look great during the call. Yeah, it's on the pitch. Sorry, on the field. I'm using the wrong the wrong words for on this the pitch. Part. Yeah, on, on the gridiron. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they obviously were were without David Montgomery running back the Bears, so Cordero Patterson became the main running back. Um, I think he should just. I would stick... like to see more of him. Well, I disagree. I think he should just stick to punt and kickoff <laughs> returns because he's really good at those. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure he could do both. He, he looks like he's a gas tank for days. So, yeah, um, yeah that was the punt return was amazing. But I just feel with Tariq Cohen obviously injured and David Montgomery either still injured or, I, I mean, who even knows with the running backs? That's how bad the Chicago Bears running backs have been this season. We don't know if they're injured or, or if they're just playing poorly. I, I would love to see um, Patterson get more snaps. 
at running back. I think they need uh, a spark. And I think if there's anyone on that roster who can provide it that's suitable, it would definitely be him. So why not? I, not As a Packers fan, I don't want to see it. But if you're a Bears fan, you've got to be screaming out for a little bit more of him uh, at running back. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge amount to talk about in this game. It wasn't really great yep. when I was watching the highlights. But uh, well done to Kirk Cousins for uh, for for breaking that Monday Night Football duck. Sorry, the only thing I would say that, that springs to mind is uh, Khalil Mack's interception. And then not the f- there was one tackle that he managed to break. And then the second guy, he was already out of bounds. The second guy tried to hit him. And Khalil Mack didn't even move an inch and the guy went flying off him. And if you are someone running at Khalil Mack, I think I would probably just stop. Oh, yeah. Uh He's going to hurt you if you try and run into him or he runs into you. I think I would just kind of maybe let someone else do it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, (laughs) Before we move on to our now uh, common segment of the podcast, Mikey, where you get us to predict what's going to happen in the Super Bowl, do we have a, an outlandish claim for this week? You, you have heard it in the group chat, but I'll do it for the, the listener. Oh, if we've still I, got one I, listener. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because it also means if this comes up, it means that one of my other claims will not come up. Um, I think the New York Jets will win this week and have their only win of the season against the Chargers. And you need to record me doing this, don't you? <laughs> we'd rather you didn't. Yeah, I just think I know that Joe Flacco's playing rather than Sam Darnold. I have not been. I guarantee that this is going to be like a, a thirty-eight points to six for the because the. The Jets will try to get a last-minute touchdown and fail on a two-point conversion that they'll end up with six points or something like that. That's the way this game's going to go now that I've said this. But I, there's, I'm seeing nothing, besides Justin Herbert, who I rate very, very highly, I am seeing nothing from this Chargers uh, team. Austin Eckler, I don't think he's coming back this week. He says he's coming back soon. I don't think, I don't think he'll be back in a few week. weeks. Yeah, so I, I'm just not... Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly are just not giving them what they need when you think about how good Austin Eckler is and how important he is to this team. I just can't, I just, I, I don't want to see the Jets. I love an 0-16 season. It's only happened, what, twice? Um, I, I think the Jets will get a win here. I think it will be a shock, but I think they'll get the win, which means that my Jets finishing 0-16 outlandish claim will not happen. But well, we'll at, le- at least one of them still has a chance of happening after this week. Well, what if the Jets lose this game, but then they win their next game? Yeah, so but, then none of them. Come yeah, through. but at least this, at least this week, one of them would still be functioning. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. So, Mikey, it's the Jets will win every week. So at least at some <laughs> point, <laughs> one of them comes in. They'll finish Mike, six and nine. Mikey, <laughs> after your outlandish claim, you like to ask me and Kai who we think is going to win the Super Bowl this year by going through the current projected playoffs. So. Since we started doing this, no teams have entered the NFC playoff picture and no teams have fallen out. It's the exact same as last week and the week before, only this time, I think the first week we did it, the Seahawks were number one seed, then it was the Saints last week, it's now the Packers this week. So I'll go through the NFC first this time. So the Packers get a bye and you have the number seven Seattle Seahawks at the New Orleans Saints in the Dome. With Drew Brees, yeah, with Drew Brees back. Let's uh, say Drew Brees is back. I'm, I'm yeah. going to say the Saints. Okay. 
I would agree. I haven't gone Saints as well. Right. Okay. Okay. That's so our one of our Super Bowl favourites are gone. Um, the number six Los Angeles Rams at the number three Arizona Cardinals. They now get a home tie rather than playing away. I'll take the Cardinals there. Yeah, I think it's hard to see past the Cardinals. Okay. Unless the, the Rams are leading at half time. <laughs> <laughs> the number five Bucks at Philadelphia. Eagles. Bucks. You get the tiebreaker, right? Bucks. Bucks. Okay. <laughs> um, and that means that the, the Packers are the number one seed. So that means it would be, as we've said before, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. I'll take and the Green, snowy Lambo. I'll take Green Bay and Green Bay. Okay. Packers. Packers, yeah. And the Arizona Cardinals at the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. That's a tough one. That is hard. Uh, let's go Cardinals. Uh, yeah, Cardinals, Cardinals. I said Saints, but even though I love Kyler Murray. So it's the, number three, it's the number three Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, Lambeau Field sorry, against the Green Bay Packers. Adam's thinking about this. I'm thinking about it because I'm worried that they won't throw the ball at all. Because this is strange because last week we would have had, it would have been in the divisional games, it would have been the Cardinals at the Packers and we all said the Packers, but now that it's an NFC Championship game, we're not sure. Yeah. It's the same game. Packers. I think I'd still pick the Packers. I think I'd still pick the Packers. Yeah. So Packers in the Super Bowl from the NFC. And in the AFC, this time, the Titans fall out of the playoff picture. The Indianapolis Colts come in. There has been some big changes in the actual positioning as well. So, surprise, surprise, the Steelers are the number one seed. So, we have the number seven, number seven Baltimore Ravens, believe it or not. Oh, scraping. At, at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's mouthwatering. Wow. Chiefs for me. Okay. I think the Ravens. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, then we've got the number six Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills divisional Bills. game. Bear in mind that they would have played each other two weeks before that. Yeah. Bills, all day. I know the Dolphins are good, but I, I think the Bills I'm are. just going to silence Adam here in Buffalo, the Bills. Right. Yeah, I think, I think it would be a close game, but I think the Bills' defence are starting to play better now. They had struggled for a few weeks, but I think they're getting better. Bear in mind, Buffalo gets pretty cold that time of year as well, yeah. and Miami are obviously fair-weather footballers, yeah, exactly, as yeah. some might say. <laughs> um, number five, Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders <laughs> at the Indianapolis Colts, number four. Raiders so Las Vegas Colts. Raiders at the Colts. Colts. I'd, even though I really like the Colts, I think I'd pick the Raiders there. I'm taking Raiders in an upset. There's always one upset in the playoffs. I like the so Colts, but I, th- I think I think Gruden is good enough as a, a head coach to, to get a win there. Yeah, and that means that the Steelers go through. So that means it would be the Las Vegas Raiders at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Raiders yeah, aren't winning twice. I'd pick the Steelers, yeah. Yeah, and the Buffalo Bills at Kansas City. Kansas City for me. And I'm high on the Bills, I think. I'll take the Chiefs on that. So we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
we change our minds. This is yeah. a total coin toss. We've, we've changed it every week, I think. Yeah, um, I think I'd go with the Chiefs, though. I'm going to go with the Chiefs also. Sorry. Steelers have given us, given us no reason to believe but this, but I'm taking the Chiefs in this one as well. So, I think this is the second week in a row, potentially. Uh, it's the Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs. Yep, I'll take the Chiefs yep. on that as well. As, so even as a Packers fan, I can't see us beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. No, they're, they're just, there's too much of them. I don't think the Chiefs will get to the Super Bowl, but I think if they do, and that's the matchup, I think they would beat, they would beat the Packers. Kai's outlandish claim of the... No. There's my second <laughs> ever so slightly not outlandish. I can't speak. We've Don't all think got, the Chiefs will get to the Super Bowl. We all need to put our teeth back in. So that's us. We're picking the Chiefs this week. We'll see what happens next week. I don't imagine it will change much unless the Chiefs play really bad, but we'll see. Um, no. We now have got... Uh, we've now got our fantastic two-minute warning <whistles> where uh, we now go and look at our predictions from last week's games. Uh, Adam will come last and then Kai and Mikey have a competition to see who predicts the games the best uh, Mikey looks at this for us as well he likes looking after it uh, and slagging off everyone when he somehow uh, gets 12 out of 14 last week I'll not yeah. swear last week uh, yeah I was going to say control yourself there Kai yeah. um, but we'll see how do we get on this week so Mikey I'll go through these games again and you just tell me uh, how everyone did with the prediction. So we'll start with Thursday night football, where uh, Indianapolis Colts beat the Tennessee Titans. I don't know who guessed who there. Who with a soul with a lone wolf on that one? And um, was I right Colts. being the lone wolf? Oh, you right, were. I was. You were correct. Okay, that's fine. Is that worth like ten it's points not... for me? <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Giants beat the Eagles. Lone wolf for myself, Michael McCallum. Yeah. I had the Giants. Uh, I assume we all picked the Packers to beat the Jags. Sweep for the Packers. Right. Uh, the Lions against Washington. I know for a fact Kai probably picked the Lions because he always does. But uh, that's all three, of us, bet, so. <laughs> all three of us have, have been a lone wolf, so, uh, a correct lone wolf. So Kai was the lone wolf for this one. With a, a... Was that the only one that took the Lions there? Yeah, me and Adam both took I mean, uh, Washington. The Lions only won with a mm. walk-off field goal, so it's not like it was yeah. an obvious choice. <clears throat> Um, it was still right. The Browns uh, beat the Texans. Myself and Adam had the Browns. Oh dear, Kai. Um, Tampa Bay beat the Panthers. Buccaneers sweep. Yeah, well done to us. The Dolphins beat the Chargers. Um, Adam, you had the Chargers, believe it or not, considering me and Kai have our duel for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, and you, you were the only one to side with him this week. Um, me and Kai had the Dolphins uh, so I may have been wrong there um, the Raiders demolished the Broncos uh, Raiders sweep good uh, the Cardinals snuck past the Bills I had my second favourite team the Arizona Cardinals as well as Adam Kai had the Bills oh Kai's too high on the Bills then obviously that must be what we're going for here but to be one fair, ridiculous catch yeah, changed to that. be fair the Bills probably should have won that game if it wasn't for that Hail Mary um, the Saints beat the 49ers Saints sweep. Yeah, the Rams beat the Seahawks. Adam, lone wolf with that one. Oh, I tell you, I was better this week, surely. Uh, the Steelers beat the Bengals. Kai, lone wolf for this one. Yeah, we... we That's are. mad. I know. But see, when you look at it, it is mad. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm assuming none of us picked the Patriots to beat the Ravens. We all had the Ravens. Yeah, and the Vikings to beat the Bears. 
Kai had the Bears. I'm not really sure why. I'd like an explanation very quickly. Just feel like the Bears just always seem just, just they nah, I feel like the Bears always seem to win when you probably don't think they should. I mean also and I just thought Cousins yeah, had so never won on Monday night, so exactly. Yeah. exactly. Me and Adam had the Vikings on that one. Um so what I don't the know scores, if you know the scores, scores from this week or know your and, own scores I, or anything I know like my that. own score and I know that at least Let, one uh, of you has beat me. I never so know the scores, is, Mike. I never know the scores. There was a reason I asked you for your quarterbacks. Uh, we chose our quarterback as our um, tiebreaker this week is because we have went to our first tiebreak. Dun, dun, dun. I don't have a, pl- a drop for that, sorry. I don't. So I'll go through the tiebreakers first. Kai had Drew Locke on 6.98 points. Oh, so if I'm in the tiebreaker, I have lost. <laughs> I had Matt Stafford with 23.04 points. Adam. Who did you have? I had two, I'm sure. Are you sure it wasn't Big Ben you chose? Was it Big Ben? Are you I'm, sure? I you, you want to change your mind? I'm almost certain it was Tua. It was Tua. If you had picked Big Ben, you would have won this week with the tiebreaker. Yeah. So the scores were Kai got 7 out of 14. 50%. And myself and so Adam far. myself and Adam both got 9 out of 14. Hey, hey. Meaning that I won the tiebreaker. I've taken it away from you again, Adam. I, I wish you'd won this week. I know. That's why I gave you the chance to take Big Ben. Um, so the total scores, Adam is on 65 out of 115. Kai is on 72 out of 115. And I, just like I am in Sleeper, and just like I am in ESPN, and just like I am in the predictions, I'm in first place. With seventy-five out of one hundred and fifty, I'm just just gonna find a mute. See that last like five five seconds there? Can you clip that? For uh, the end of the no, I'm just gonna mute Mikey so he can't talk anymore. If he's gonna, uh... <laughs> he was going hate. He was going hate. So yeah, I currently lead by three points, but still very close. Uh, this we said that this week, that week maybe, maybe had a swing. Point. Who knows? Next week, this week could be the same because we've got Thursday night football tonight. I'm taking the Cardinals. What about you guys? Cardinals. Uh, hmm, uh, I, I, none of those were words that I said there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say the Cardinals, but the Seahawks obviously were beaten by the Cardinals last time. I think the Seahawks, on a poor run of form, will want to sort out their form against a division rival, so I'm going to go for the Seahawks. Against the green. Like, like last Thursday night, where I was against the two of you and I got it right, I'm going to go for it this night as well and say that Seahawks will beat the Cardinals. Fair play. Yeah. Is that us then? Do we have anything else to add? That is us. There is only one thing I have to add and it popped up in my news feed when I was trying to look for something earlier, which I find slightly bizarre. Um, so obviously the Pro Bowl isn't getting played as normal. No. Um, for this year because they can't allow teams to come from all over the country to play in the same place. So instead, they have a week-long um, program of activities uh, with different players doing different things. They have now announced that the the Pro Bowl for this year will be played on Madden. Wait, with a what? player from each team playing their position in the Pro Bowl and playing against each other. So like 11 on 11 in Matt? I read about this. Yep. The first thing I thought was Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't play Madden. There's like, no there's way. Players in there, like there's players and there's players that are going to make the Pro Bowl who have never played Madden before. Aye. 
Can you imagine? And then you'll get guys like Ty- Tyreek Hill and stuff. Like Tyreek Hill plays very regularly. Uh, Tyler Murray streams like he streams it. Yeah, like can these you... guys are gonna absolutely destroy folk. Imagine, imagine like the big like Tom Brady. <laughs> Mason Crosby, he's like, what, what's an Xbox? Like, I, I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, Bill Belichick's the coach, very... he's calling the plays. Like, yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. But like, yeah, I, I, guess... just, I just thought that was a bit, that was a bit amusing. Yeah. That will be interesting to see, I've got no doubt. I guess it's a crazy year, so might as well make it a little bit weirder yeah. with a, a Madden Pro Bowl. Definitely. That's getting me in the mood to play Madden. I might play a bit of Madden now once we finish recording this. I, I bought it the other day, so yeah, I'm due playing it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we need to play... Oh, we could have a PHFL uh, franchise online, will we? And then we can all pick a team. And... Oh, here we go. Here's a random segment before we finish. If you were to pick one position to play in an NFL team, what do you think you would be? What would I like to be, or what do I think I no, would No, what do you think you would be, based on... Like your own assumptions of your I, your size, have, your skill. I have two. I have one on either side of the ball. I think okay, if I was, uh, yeah, right. Let's do that. Uh, then. If I was on the offense, I'd be a tight end because I'm not right. fast enough to be a wide receiver, but I'm actually very good at catching the ball. Uh, so okay. I would, I'd just be a slow lumbering receiver, but also quite good at blocking. And on the defensive right. side, I used to when I played soccer. Uh, you know our British football. Uh, I was typically a centre back or a defensive midfielder often the captain, so I'll think I would probably be a middle linebacker, you know, the guy the guy with the mic, sorting everyone out, organising, you know. Yep. That'd be my thoughts for me. Interesting take. Mikey, you would be a, you would be a centre. I, I know you've had previous experience. As a... I, if I could choose a position, I would want to be a cornerback. I love corner defensive backs. I think they're the most interesting position, me personally, love watching them. I think with my speed and versatility, I would probably be a running back and a wide receiver. And with my football IQ, I'd probably be a quarterback. And I also am a massive liar. So <laughs> I would say that 100% I would be an offensive lineman. I don't know if it would be a centre. There is a video of me at a I know, previous I'll need, job. I'll need to try and find this video and somehow manage to get people done to, to the, see it at some point. Done to the Soldier Boy, uh, Soldier Boy music. I was a centre. Um, I've not no, seen I this, and I, I want to see this. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll send you it after this, Adam. Yeah, I, I would be a, I don't know, maybe a centaur, but definitely an offensive lineman for sure. Um, I think since I asked the question, um, I think on offense, I would like to see myself as a running back. Um, You'd be a little, a little Boston Scott. I'd be like a wee tiny guy, like sprinting about, um, and then on defense, don't know. Don't think I would make a very good defensive player in the NFL because I'm built at the side of a fiver um, thought would probably ping me away but I think if I had to pick a position um, yeah I, I, I'm going to steal Mikey's limelight and I, I would be a, a, a cornerback I would say how good you ain't got what it takes I was going to say how good are you at jumping is if you're up against a 6 foot 4 wide receiver I don't think you're going to I'm not as small <laughs> as you two make me out to be <laughs> if a ball is thrown in the middle of Kai skier and DK Metcalf, who's coming down with that? Me, every day. <laughs> well, on that. And on that note, I think we should probably end that. On that yeah. Kai's outlandish claim. Uh, <laughs> is that I would outjump DK Metcalf for a pass? We will say goodbye. Goodbye to the two of you, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. A pleasure, as always. Yes, and uh, we'll see you all next time. See you later.